Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. It's a Saturday night. It's getting a little late, and you guys are probably going to be hearing this sometime Sunday on the uh, July 19th, but we're back. We're back in action. We're gearing up. Basketball is right around the corner, and you know what that means, that we have to get back into this. So uh, I'm happy to be here, and I'm joined by somebody that's probably a little bit new. If you've been listening to Hoopball, you've definitely heard his voice a few times. But uh, if if you only listen to the DFS Today podcast, it's going to be a new voice for you guys. Uh, but one you've probably heard me talk about in the past. It's my good buddy, one of my best friends, Santino Cacone. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to have Santino on. And yes, he's one of those guys that's always in my hometown leagues that I'd be talking about. So uh, you can imagine that. You know, I got beat down by him a few times. I had to recruit him, and he's here. So, Santino, welcome. I'm happy to have you here, brother, but how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for that intro. Um, yeah, it's, it's a late Saturday night right now. It was where we are. We're in Connecticut. It was about 90, 91, 92 degrees out today. Scorching hot. Um, but it cools down at night, which is which is a good thing. But tomorrow, when, when you guys are probably be listening to it, we're going to be out in 98-degree weather. I'm not ready for that, but uh, uh, right now I'm I'm geared up for basketball. We have, what, 10 days left or so, 12 days left, and then the season starts back up. And I'm just hoping that we can get through it because uh, I'm excited to see some kind of sports. I don't – without fans is fine. I just want to see something happen to people playing for, for, for once. Any, anything. That's <laughs> what we're looking for, just any any sort of sport. Uh, I mean, at some point, everybody was playing, some, you know, watching and playing some Korean baseball. And I was watching cornhole tournaments on ESPN, the Ocho. Uh, <laughs> it was it, we're deprived and we're degenerates. So we need our fix. I'm scratching. Uh, like you said, though, we're only a few weeks away. And I mean, we missed a lot. Uh, let's be let's be frank yeah. here. There's a lot that's going on, uh, whether it's players opting out, players being sick, players being hurt. Uh, you know, leaving the bubble, joining the bubble. There's, there's, there's so much going on in the NBA right now that we just felt like uh, we need to kick off a few shows prior to these us breaking down some cards, going through some of this information, kind of dissecting it and getting a good idea of what we can look forward to as far as information usage, uh, you know, DK points per minute, things like that. That you know, tidbits and players that we can take advantage of, because you know, this is going to be a very, very important time for DFS when this starts back up, because it's basically going to be like the start of a new season. There's going to be pricing fluctuations. There's going to be guys that are very, like, very, very off priced. Um, you know, we're going to talk about one of those teams tonight, uh, being the Nets, where mm-hmm. there's going to be usage just flying around Santino, where I can't imagine DK's algorithm is going to have a lot of these price tags right on these guys. 
Um, and that's just one team. We're going to have 22 of them to go through. So we're going to break it down between six shows and we're going to do that. But uh, before we do anything, just a quick <laughs> shout out to our sponsors. Uh, one that Santino, I, I think yours is going to be coming in pretty soon. Um, I just got it in the mail a week ago. My good buddy Dan Vesper said, our good friends over at Manscaped have sent you a care package. And I said, I love free stuff. I love free gifts. Santino, I opened it up. I had a nice, beautiful T-shirt. I had some conditioner. And let me just tell you, a lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the shiznit. It is, it is all as everything that's cracked up to be Santino. I know you've probably heard of uh, Manscaped, but yeah. yours is coming soon. And you know what? And if, if if you're if you're from the male perspective, now we have the two trimmers that we need. Let's just nice. keep it. We'll just keep it real. But uh, so you, I'm excited you, about the t-shirt. Uh, yeah. and I, I know you are definitely excited. I don't know if you guys see have seen pictures of uh, Patria or not, Mike. Uh, he has he grows this mustache that I, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it looks like a little rat stash as I call him. We 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 make jokes, but uh, that that. That lawnmower 3.0 is definitely going to take that down. Absolutely. And I always have to give a nice shout out to our good buddies over at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, it's literally the only coffee I've been drinking for the past probably about two and a half years now. Uh, there's no better feeling than open a couple boxes with a couple bags with the gold clips on them. Uh, it's fantastic, man. I know you're, you're, you're more of an espresso guy, so I'm going to have to talk to them, see if we can find you something. They might, they might have some espresso. I don't know if they do that but i wouldn't be surprised because they have light roast dark roast medium you name it variety packs they do holiday flavors splendid stuff over from hawaiian isles check them out at hawaiian isles so santino i'm excited man a lot to get to we're gonna talk yep. jump right into it we just mentioned it the brooklyn nets so why don't you run through i've been blabbering a lot here i want i want to hear your beautiful voice over there a little bit so why don't you run through talk about what we can expect from uh this Brooklyn Nets team or, or whatever's left of it, at least. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if me and you or I got a contract, we might be getting some minutes on the Nets. That's how bad it's looking right now for them. Uh, but in the DFS landscape, that's a team you want to definitely target because of that. Uh, so Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, Wilson Chandler, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Michael Beasley. None of these guys will be playing. A couple of them never played before for the team. Uh, Kevin Durant didn't play this year. Michael Beasley just got signed, but now he's out. Um, but everybody else, uh, Wilson Chandler's really not in the rotation. Kevin or Kyrie Irving missed a lot of games, but all those people aren't going to be playing. So that is a lot of usage to go around. They did sign uh, Jamal Crawford, Tyler Johnson, Lance Thomas, and uh, Hall. So they, they have four new guys that they're bringing in. But we're going to be looking at what what all this means, what Dinwiddie out means, what Kyrie Irving out means, what Jordan and Prince means. Uh, Rodian Curix is supposed to be starting at power forward. Uh, Chris Chiozo, I like a, a guy that I'm, I'm pretty fond on, is supposed to start at point guard. Uh, you're expecting Tyler Johnson to get some minutes. You're expecting Jamal Crawford to get some minutes, or you wouldn't sign a guy like that. Lance Thomas might get some. Uh, but if we're looking at the Nets, the big usage guys are, that you're want you're gonna want to target, and this is where, as as you mentioned earlier, Patria, we want to see how the price tags come out right out of the gate. Because if they're if these two guys are priced way too high, then it's it's gonna put a little bit bit of damper. But still, their usage is gonna be a lot. But if they're priced low, you, you we have to target them. I know it's gonna be obvious for everybody, but you have to target them. And first guy is Karis Levert. 
Um, with all of these guys off the court, we're not going to say just this the starting five, but we're going to say with everybody off the court, Karis LeVert's usage jumps all the way to 31%. Uh, it's probably going to be even higher than that. It could be anywhere from 30 to 35 36%, and that's an insane usage. If he's priced around where he was, uh, a middle-of-the-pack middle, middle of the pack pricing, you have to play him. This guy's just going to have the ball in his hands and do a lot. Uh, he's With this usage, he's averaging 1.34 fantasy points per minute. Again, that just emphasizes how good he could be. And the other guy on this team, without DeAndre Jordan, um, and, and they're talking about playing Joe Harris a lot at power forward. If you don't have DeAndre Jordan, and you're going to play a guy who started the year off as a shooting guard, as your power forward, Jared Allen is instantly on everybody's radar. Uh, he, he might average 15 rebounds a game, and, and that might even be undercutting him if he's getting 35 minutes a game with, with Curix and, and uh, Joe Harris as your starting power forwards. This guy is, uh, he's only, with everybody off the court that I mentioned, uh, he's getting 22.2% usage. Not great, but he's not a guy who gets his own shot anyway. He's gonna guy, He's a guy who you have to pass the ball into uh, and get easy layups, easy dunks, easy putbacks. He's also averaging 1.34 fantasy points because because of his rebounds usage, because of his blocks potential, and because he, he can clean up the boards and get maybe 12, 15, 14 points and then 15 rebounds or so. Uh, but those are going to be the main two guys. And then we can talk about everybody else on this roster. I think you you basically you know set it up on a tee for me. I, I, I'm absolutely obsessed with both those guys. I think everybody's going to be. Those are going to be the chalk plays. And let's be frank, they're going to be chalk for a reason. You just said it. Yeah. You know, Levert being between 30 and 35, that might be underselling it. I mean, with the guys, he's an alpha dog type mentality. He's always had that prove your worth. He's coming back off that big injury. And this year, he's had some up and down moments, really started to pick things up once he was really – like once they needed that, the usage. And that was alongside Dinwiddie. That was alongside of Prince. That was alongside of Jordan. All these guys that are now off the court. If you think Levert's going to let these other guys like Chioza, Curix, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, a new face, over there, <laughs> just come out of the court and, and take you know, his shots away, I don't think that's going to happen. Because this is also a team where that's pretty much being ran by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And this is pretty much the Nets saying, all right, how could we boost the trade value of a lot of these players? Um, it's already going to be tough for them to, you know, retain Joe Harris. Uh, Curex looks like a decent trade piece that they can end up getting somebody else in here for. And I think Levert's a guy that they want to hold on to. Um, but if not, I mean, if he if he shows guys the limit and they get somebody else that they can use for him, they they might be open to it. They're going to be a win now yeah. team next year. So um, I I love that. And you hit you hit it on the head with Jared Allen not even needing the usage. So that's perfect. If you ever wanted to play a guy like Harris Levert with Jared Allen, you can do that because you know that Levert's mostly going to come in the scoring. But you're going to get the periphery stats from uh, Jared Allen. You're going to get those blocks. You're going to get those rebounds, maybe a couple steals. And those add up quickly, especially if you're playing on a site like FanDuel, which gives you an extra point uh, for those steals and blocks. But um, I'm with you, man. I, I think all those guys are in options. And when we talk about Joe Harris, he's definitely in play, whether he's playing the three or the four. Uh, it really doesn't matter. He's going to be in the, probably the guy that's third in the uh, pecking order as far as usage, probably even second. Um, you know, Jared Allen, I mean, is it going to have the usage, but maybe we could say third in uh, DK points per minute, but mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on those guys. And I know you're a big Chioza fan. So why don't you talk about them? Yeah. So that's the other guy that I, um, I mean, there, there's a couple people like Garrett Temple is going to be in the rotation. Tyler Johnson might have something. Uh, Jamal Crawford is just going to be a scorer. But those those guys don't really excite me. Uh, Rodion Kurix, he's going to be starting, but he's not. 
uh, if for for a very minimal salary guy, maybe I'll look at him, but he's not someone who's going to excite me as well. Uh, but if if I'm taking a long shot as a guy who I know shouldn't be priced anywhere above uh, thirty five hundred, I, I can't see Chris Gioza being priced higher than near minimum. Uh, so that's one that's very exciting too. He's going to start at point guard. Tyler Johnson's probably going to take some time there. Karis Levert's obviously going to be the main ball handler, but um, Chris Gioza showed something. If if you look at when he was when he was actually on the floor uh, this year, he's only averaging five points, a couple assists, a couple rebounds, but he wasn't really playing much minutes. If you look at when he's starting and his per 36, I'll throw his per 36 because he's going to be closer to his per 36 than um, 11 minutes a game. But his per 36 is uh, 16 points, six assists, six rebounds, one and a half steals. Um, he takes a ton of threes. That's a good thing for him. And he shoots him. He's been shooting over 40% for his career. Not a, not a big sample size, but that's, that's a very good sharpshooter. Uh, he can hit you three threes a game over three threes a game in his per 36. Uh, so he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be looking at just because I know he's going to be so low priced. Uh, people are going to go to Levert and Allen, which rightfully so, but uh, on other slates where you do pivot against them and you want to get a James Harden in there and cash money, say say Levert is priced higher than we want him to be for the first game, couple games. Uh, Levert's my fallback option uh, at maybe thirty five hundred, which is which is nothing. And then you can pay up for a James Harden, you can pay up for a Giannis, you can pay up for those big guys, and then get someone who is very competent and might get you. Uh, 13, five and five with, with a couple of threes and a steal there. That, that's, that's pretty good for no price. I, I love those per 36 numbers you just read off, man. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've used the, just checking out a guy's per 36 when he gets thrust into a starting role several times, uh, while playing DFS and, you know, sometimes it ends up being right. Sometimes it ends up being wrong, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think more often than not, it's a good indicative, uh, result, um, or way to, a way to tell these results. So I'm going to be with you. I'm going to circle Chioza. He's a guy that I'm going to be using. And it seems like, you know, whether it's cash or tournament, regardless of what you play, if it's a GPP, uh, three entry max, he is going to hit value, I think, for at least these first couple games. If he's anywhere near 3,500, that feels like a lock and load type play. Um, you know, they might take in the algorithm and just see starting and bump him up maybe yeah. like 44, <clears throat> 45, get him a little bit more close to that five range so people actually have to think about it. But even if he's putting it, he doesn't need to put up 16, 6, and 6 every single game. And when you hear a guard is putting up 6 and 6, that's music to our ears, Santino, because that's letting us know that even if he's not getting it done in the assist column, he can end up having like an 8 or 7 rebound game as well, um, or vice versa. So uh, he's a very, very safe player. That's the way I'm getting from it. And when we talk about Crawford and Tyler Johnson, both these guys you know, coming off the bench, uh, for me, I think Tyler Johnson is going to be the better option. Both of them just feel like just GPP targets as of now. Crawford has something to prove, though. So there's definitely the narrative with that where, you know, he feels like he's been getting shunned all season long. He's finally going to get his, like, uh, you know, his chance to show that he could play. And yeah. he, he's going to go out there and shoot. So to Never me, Never been I, shy about that. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's absolutely. I, what was his last game? He dropped over 50. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, think that's, I think that's what happened over in Phoenix. So Shooter's going to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't think I can trust those guys in like cash game, um, just with the better options being on that team. And we're going to have plenty of other teams to talk about where we're going to have maybe not as many options that are going to be sneaky and underpriced guys that we're looking for. But um, there's going to be a lot of guys that we're going to take advantage of. But. I think that's pretty much it for the for the Nets as far as um, you know the guys that we're going to be targeting. Everybody on this team is going to be a GPP play. Uh, we're yeah. going to have to wait and see how this second unit kind of 
you know, pans out. Garrett Temple should probably still siphon some minutes. Uh, he's one of their best perimeter defenders, as bad at basketball as he is. But he will play. They just don't have bodies, man. And Lance <laughs> Thomas, I think, is their backup center as, at the moment. That's We'll see how that goes, man. I've never been a big big Lance Thomas. He hustles. I'll give him yeah, that. He, he he's hustles. just not big enough. I mean, Jared Allen, when you when you lose so many people, especially even if they weren't all st- – most of these – most of the people they lost were starters, but even if you lost a bunch of backups, that just kills your depth. But they lost both, so um, no. This is why this team is going to be heavily targeted, and and rightfully so because everything has changed. They don't have. If you look at this team in in a couple in two weeks, it's going to not look as recognizable. If you're a casual fan or you don't really pay attention to the Nets, you're going to say, "Who the hell are these guys?" It's a G League squad almost, outside <laughs> of Levert, Allen, and Harris in that starting lineup. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, everybody else on the team is pretty much in the G League almost, or borderline. But we're going to take a trip, man. Uh, we're going to go down the New Jersey Turnpike, go down south a little bit. We're going to be talking about Philly, talk about the Sixers. Uh, I know you're pretty excited about this team. I think a lot of people are excited about this team. Uh, dark horse, not really a dark horse contender, uh, but I guess we can call them a dark horse contender. Everybody's pretty much thinking it's Bucks or Lakers, and that's that's it. That's all it says. But I know you, Santino, are thinking otherwise. Uh, so, you know, why don't you go through, I know this, this team hasn't been ravaged as much by, uh, as COVID and, and injuries and everything else, but we have them listed for another reason. So why don't you break down while we're talking about the Sixers? Yeah. So, uh, you did mention, I am, there's so much talent on this team that if I'm taking a dark horse to make the finals, uh, I, I'm a Laker fan and I'm going to be a little biased in this. I think the champion is going to come out of LA, whether it's the Lakers or Clippers, but if I'm picking a team to make the finals and I'm looking at the odds, I'm looking out in the East and I see that um, <clears throat> the the Sixers are plus 900 to make it to the finals. And when you look at their lineup, Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid, I'm just going to say, I'm not saying who's starting or not. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, uh, that's that's just, and then uh, their bench is even really good. Thibel, Milton. This team is just so deep and stacked. That seems to me like a if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take a dark horse bet there, that's a dark horse. They're, they're the sixth highest team in the East to make it out of the to make it to the finals. I'm I'm gonna take that bet, and uh, if I win, that that's gonna be pretty penny for me. If I lose, it's not. Uh, those are the bets that I like. Um, but yeah, we're talking about this team because two big things. They're they're two big guys have something that uh, we want to hear about, and Shake Milton's going to be in the starting. starting at point guard and that means that ben simmons will not be starting at point guard but have no fear he will be playing power forward and being it seems like he will start at power forward and when shake milton is off the court ben simmons will be running the second unit as the starting point guard as a point forward pretty much like lebron has done his whole career ben simmons is massive as well um so he can he can do that too and it's just very interesting. If you say that he they want him to run the second unit as well, that means he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to be play. It sounds like he wants they want him to play at least thirty five minutes. I know he he was hurt going into COVID COVID season, um, but he's fully healthy now and he's looking good. And if if you watch his videos, I don't know the the fluff pieces on videos are always funny, but he's letting three pointers fly <laughs> and he's making them and. The only knock on this guy's game is that he can't shoot, kind of like a John Wall, but he's he's better than John Wall in my opinion. Um, 
But if this guy can develop even a semi-jump shot, think Jason Kidd, who could not shoot for the first some odd years of his career, and then he winds up being one of the most successful three-point shooters of all time. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying Ben Simmons is going to get there, but <laughs> if he can develop a respectable shot where they have to respect his jump shot, this opens up an entire new dimension for this team, and it de- opens up an entire new dimension for his counterpart in Joel Embiid, who Brett Brown, Brett Brown mentioned that he wants to play 35, 36, 37, 38 minutes per game in the playoffs um, and, and leading up to the playoffs. When you hear that for a guy who always has minutes question marks and always has game question marks, uh, you definitely want to get on Joel Embiid. And this Ben Simmons at power forward is intriguing to me. Power forwards cannot guard him. Uh, I don't. I don't care if he's on. If they're letting him shoot, if he if he makes a couple shots, and you have to drag a power forward 15 feet out, most of them cannot guard a guy of this athletic ability. Absolutely not. And I think that's the biggest thing about it is yes, he's just because he's playing power forward does not mean that he's not going to be bringing the ball up. He's still not going to be in the opportunity to get assists with that starting lineup. Uh, he will have plenty of those options, but these backdoor cuts, he's so much faster than any of the guys that are going to be trying to guard him. So much more athletic. He's going to be beating so many people. Uh, it's going to be insane. And I don't even think, even if they don't respect his jump shot, he's going to be able to find his way into the paint. Joel Embiid's going to clear that thing out for him, uh, and he's just going to be coming flying in from the wing. It's going to happen left and right. Uh, I'm I'm stupid excited to kind of see how this works. And one thing I wanted to talk about and mention is that Shake Milton, uh, because he was everybody's favorite darling in DFS prior to COVID. When Ben Simmons was off the floor, he was absolutely smashing. He was, yep. he was crushing. He was hitting value like on a night-to-night basis. Um, and I want to just say temper your expectations because now that Ben Simmons is back, even though Milton's playing, he's going to get the minutes. Um, he's probably going to have a price tag you know, closer to how he was playing with Simmons off the floor. It might be uh, depressed a little bit, but... I would I would expect it to still probably be pretty significant, probably around 55, 56, maybe a little higher. Um, and now we may be talking about a ceiling of 33, 34 points at most because Ben Simmons is still going to have the rock in his hands a lot. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the Joel Embiid news had me, you know, something I circled. I heard it about two and a half, three months ago. And I said, I hope he says that. Brett Brown also mentioned um, wanting to run like an eight man rotation at some point during playoffs. So he really wants to buckle down. So that leads us to believe that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are healthy, that they're going to be playing minutes. So just so people know, uh, Joel Embiid was, has a usage of about 32.6%. Uh, and he was only averaging, Santino, about 30 minutes per game during the regular season. And when you talk about that, and now we're talking about at a 32.6% usage rate, averaging 1.51 DK points Oof. per minute. And now he's playing 38 minutes. Eight extra minutes is huge. If you just do 1.5 times eight, uh, we're talking about significant points. That would uh, He would be averaging on that basis 54.5 DK points per game. A guy that is not priced at 10K. Uh, yep. He's generally around that low nine. So that's just a steal for it. And then we're not even coupling with the fact of, let's say, they go against just a team, a brick house team, where he can just absolutely dominate in that matchup, like a Celtics or something along that nature. Um yeah, sign me up. I'm I'm good yeah. with that. I'm You're gonna. That. I want to circle Embiid. It's it's it sounds obvious, but it should be even more obvious. If you're looking at that and say, yeah, Embiid's really good, you should circle it again because that if he does get these 38 minutes and he is playing healthy and with Ben Simmons with more shooters on the court because you're taking off Al Horford and you're putting Shake Mil- Shake Milton on the court or Matisse Thybul or Furkan, whoever other people that can shoot. 
Uh, it's just going to open up more space for him. And he's already awesome as is getting that eight extra minutes. As you said, 1.51 uh, fantasy points per minute. That's an extra 12 fantasy points on average. He's definitely circled. I'm, I'm a big Ben Simmons fan. I don't think people can guard him. I don't think these bigs are going to know what hit him. Um, and then you have the the other regulars, like Tobias Harris is a guy that you're going to look at. I love how you said Shake Milton, if he's priced as he was, you you kind of want to pay up for someone else because he's not going to get that yeah. usage anymore. Uh, so he's he's someone that we I would fade to. But if he's if he's went back to his pre Simmons price, then yeah. Um, but you, it's it's pretty much Simmons and Bead and and maybe Harris. Though I will mention, I think Harris is much better and much more efficient when he's playing a stretch four than when he's playing small forward. Absolutely, and uh, just to be frank, I mean we talked about we talked about Simmons and we talked about Embiid given the new circumstances. Uh, surrounding them. I mean, all these guys are going to see increased minutes. Um, so factor that in. Like Brett, like I said, Brett Brown wants to make this an eight-man rotation. So keep an eye on those price tags. The only thing is, is that when all these guys are healthy and they're all playing, uh, there's there's not a lot of usage that goes around. Tobias Harris needs to get his. Josh Harris, Josh Richardson, not a big usage guy, but still. Uh, a guy that they wanted to bring in for a reason. They want him to get some shots and then Al Horford coming off the bench. So uh, once their price tags get to that balancing point, usually you have about a week or two before they start to hit that mark where you really have to think about it because they got priced up. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be, once it gets to that point, it's going to be tough trying to decipher where the usage is going to go on any given night. And you have to play the matchup game. Uh, We'll talk about that, especially I always, I always mention the Celtics because I imagine at some point these two teams might see each other. Um, And, you know, those matchups and beat just absolutely smashes. And Ben Simmons has struggled against the Celtics throughout his career. So always a big Embiid guy against them. But we're going to keep it moving, man. Uh, we got two more teams to talk about. And we're going to now keep going down south. We're just staying on the East Coast. Uh, we're, 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 we're not going, we're not West Coast in tonight, but Orlando in the bubble, the home of the bubble team, the Magic. The bubble. <laughs> the, the, the bubble. Uh, we have some some definite news that we have to monitor, and that's the thing. As of right now, like I said, uh, it's a Saturday. It's the 18th, so we do not have the news of whether or not Jonathan Isaac is going to play. We don't have the news if Al Farouk Amino is going to play. Um, if I had to guess, Santino, I would say Al Farouk Amino is guaranteed to not play. I'm, I, I have Isaac a little bit more doubtful. Um, I just don't know. I, I can't imagine that he wants to really risk it. it. It's a guy that they've always been worried about, a little bit brittle. It's always dealt with foot injuries. Then he had that knee injury. Didn't look good when he fell on the court. So I, I can't imagine it. But at, at that same, at that same breath, it's like, hey, if anybody, anybody, if it's anybody's year, if anybody can win this thing, they want their guys. And the Magic could definitely cause some problems. I mean, yeah. So let's talk about it, man. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we kind of saw a little bit of what it looked like with Isaac out and Isaac in. So I think we have a decent enough sample size of both. But let's just consider him and Aminu out for now. And uh, what would you expect from this starting Magic lineup uh, with, with I guess, James Enos at the small forward position? Because that's who was starting once they uh, just picked him up midway through. So, yeah. So uh, this whole Magic thing is going to, to me, is going to depend on Jonathan Isaac's avail- availability. Not so much Al Farouk Amino. Uh, he's going to get some minutes if he plays. But it's all about Isaac. If he plays, I don't this team is a lot less sexy in terms of DFS. If he doesn't play, Aaron Gordon was playing the best basketball of his career two, three weeks prior to everything going down. He finally clicked. 
Uh, Aaron Gordon, just like I said, Tobias Harris, he's much better at power forward than he is at set, uh, small forward. He's not a consistent jump shooter. Jonathan Isaac is much better at power forward than he is at small forward. If if Isaac doesn't play, I I, I really like Aaron Gordon. He was priced fairly fairly good. He had a very good price uh, when he was even in that hot streak. He didn't jump up too much to where you're saying, oh, I have to pay for Aaron Gordon. He was pretty middle of the pack price for uh, what he was producing, and that was very good. But if Isaac plays, I can't trust him, and I don't know how I I can't really trust Isaac missing so much time and coming off such a, a big injury. Uh, Vucevic, you know what you're getting with them, 27% usage with pretty much whoever's on the court. Evan Fournier is pretty solid. Uh, I like his price range. And then Markel Fultz sometimes, but there's really not much to go around. Aaron Gordon is my guy if Jonathan Isaac's off. And if Jonathan Isaac's on, this isn't a team that I'm actively targeting unless I really like the matchup. And I, I know they're playing the Nets twice, so that's a matchup. I'll, I'll look at them even more. Oh yeah, that's a that's a smash button front court spot. Any team going against the Nets has always been like that. Now, let alone only having Jared <laughs> Allen the center. Jared Allen gets a lot of block shots, but he's not necessarily a great defender. And yeah. a lot of people sometimes misinterpret that. Hassan Whiteside is another guy leads the league in block shots. Terrible yeah. actual defender. <laughs> he's yeah, actually some um, some people can get the get those popcorn stats. Like same thing with when sometimes people get two steals a game, but they get roasted a lot on defense. It's just you can you can make the big plays, but consistent actual staying in front of someone sometimes can be it's a lot different. Lateral movement, baby. But I'm with you. I I think that Aaron Gordon's going to be a smash spot with Isaac off the floor. Um, I mean, if you run the numbers and you just look at it as an overall sample size of what Aaron Gordon did throughout the whole season with Jonathan Isaac off the floor, you're not that impressed. It's it's a usage of about 20 percent, and he's averaging right at one DK point per minute. But you really need to look at when they actually put like uh, just a, a defender at small forward. And that's what James Enos is. He, he garners no usage. His usage is 0.69%. His job is to sit there and stay in front of the other wings, run around, get the easy you know, putbacks or whatever he needs to do, just easy backdoor cuts, um, high percentage shots. He's not, he's not really doing much. So when Gordon's actually playing power forward alongside of him uh, with the regular starters in there, the usage goes down, but the DK points go up, Santino. And it just speaks to what you said. It's rebounding. His rebound numbers skyrocketed once he had uh, Enos next to him. And he was averaging 1.23 DK points per minute. So it's an extra almost quarter of a DK point per minute. It doesn't sound like a lot, guys. But when you times that quarter point by 36 minutes, you get somewhere with that. And that's where you're getting your value. So, um, you know. In that matchup, I'm going to have a tough time picking between Vucevic and Gordon. That's going to be tough. Uh, maybe on those one center sites, you play Jared Allen and you get a little bit of Aaron Gordon and you mix and match uh, if you're a multiple lineup builder. But that's uh, that's pretty much there's, what we had for the Magic, I think, right? There's one more thing. Um, so this might help like Mo Bamba or someone else, or it could hurt the starters. So Steve Clifford, if we take him at his word, uh, the other day said he wants to have a 10-man rotation for the rest of the season heading into the playoffs. Uh, probably buckle down into the playoffs, but he said he wants to have a 10-man rotation. I don't know how plausible that is. Um, they don't have the biggest of depth, the, the most depth, but that's what he said he wanted. And if that does come to fruition, uh, that bumps everybody just slightly down for me because that's that just means minutes off the court. Um, but... Yeah, that, that's something I would want to watch out for, especially the first two games of the, of the season, just to make sure that he isn't doing a 10-man rotation and giving um, 
number eight, nine, and ten in the rotation seven, eight, nine minutes. Yeah, and I think the guys that that would probably hurt would be guys like Fultz and Enos and Terrence Ross because the guys that they'd want to get minutes that they're talking about are Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams, those guys that just played solid for them and have, haven't really done anything wrong. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, excellent defender too. He's very long, so gives you something else that you know you don't necessarily have when Fultz is in. So, uh, all right, man, that's a good point. We'll keep that note while we have Brett Brown lowering his uh, rotation or, or you know shortening it. We have uh, Clifford over there trying to make life hard and throwing guys that don't need to play that much. But <laughs> we got one team left, man, and it's uh, the, the the piece to resist on. It's very important information that leads us down one path and one path only pretty much, which everybody probably knows what to do in this situation. But uh, we're traveling now to the middle of Texas. We're going to Houston. We're going to be hitting on the Rockets, man. And the big news is that Russell Westbrook has contracted COVID. He is dealing with it. He is away from the team. And at, at this very moment, he does not have a timetable to return. It could be in time to play. It could be a week. could be two weeks into the season. But we don't know. So we have to prepare. So let's uh, let's talk about it a little bit of what you're expecting from this Houston Rockets team if one of their commander-in-chiefs are not playing. Uh, yeah. Big big injury or big so news, I guess. This team, you you do have a um, you do have a Robert Covington, you do have an Eric Gordon, uh, you do have a PJ Tucker, you do have um, <clears throat> a couple people, and if you notice the way I said them. I'm not excited about any of those guys. This team is Russell Westbrook. This team is James Harden. And I said that backwards. This team is James Harden, and then this team is Russell Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook, as you mentioned, he's dealing with COVID right now. He's hoping to be ready for the for the season, hoping to be ready once the games start. But he does not have a clearing timetable right now. Taking that into factor, um, I mentioned a little earlier, I, I like Chris Chioza because I think he's going to be minimally priced and you can pay up for a big guy. And I mentioned specifically, you can pay up for maybe a James Harden or Giannis. This, if Russell Westbrook doesn't play, I'm locking that in. Uh, you can't not have James Harden. I don't care if he's going against uh, the Monstars. This guy without Russell Westbrook on the court is averaging 44% usage. That's absolutely insanity. Uh, with Russell Westbrook, he's averaging 36%. So no matter what his usage is, is great. And that's why you're paying up top dollar for the guy. But if it's just him and there is no Westbrook and it's it's literally just him out there, he's going to be doing every single thing on the court. I'm trying to find those those value plays so I can pay up for him. Uh, and it, I'm not looking anywhere else really. Maybe a Robert Covington in the in the right situation, maybe an Eric Gordon, but uh, it has to be nice. And it's just it's James Harden for me and everybody else's. Maybe if if there's an extra chip at the table, maybe, but it, it has to be Harden, and you can't. If you don't go Harden, you're you're putting yourself in a bind. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think if it comes down to Harden and Giannis, I'm I'm choosing Harden if Westbrook's out. I just think with the the usage you can't ignore. But the other thing I think of is uh, the situation. I mean, we're gonna have eight games before they hit playoffs. Once playoffs hit, yes, we know rotations get tight. Stars are gonna play star level minutes. Uh, but the Bucks aren't playing for anything. And yes, maybe the Rocket the Rockets, you know, the Bucks are locked into that seed. They're gonna they could ease their starters in very slowly. We know that they're not gonna go out there and throw Giannis out there for thirty eight minutes in their first game back after four months. 
Uh, D'Antoni does that. That is what D'Antoni does. He plays his guys stupid minutes. He's always played James Harden in preseason games like 30 minutes when everybody, every other starter is <laughs> playing 22 or 21. Uh, he has no fear. He knows Harden could go out there and ball just by his old man type game and his savvy moves. He's not the guy that's crashing in the lane and dunking every single time. So I, I'm going to have no fears right out the gate with Harden. I think that he's going to be the guy that, especially if Westbrook's out, I am spending up on. And you made a great point. That's that's why you could pay down for a guy like Joe's. And, hey, maybe you can get Levert uh, and James Harden in there. You might yeah. be able to get them both, especially on those sites like FanDuel for two shooting guard spots. It might not be two shooting, you know, two bad shooting uh, guard spots to fill. Um, yeah. You know, and then I think we, we could take a look at uh, there's going to be other guys. Uh, Austin Rivers, um, you know, he'll probably end up getting a probably mid 20s minutes, maybe a little bit more closer to 30 with Westbrook out. Eric Gordon's healthy now, though. So they could just do the James Harden at that point, Eric Gordon at the two. Uh, not a guy that averages a ton of fantasy points, so only averages 0.88 fantasy points per minute with Westbrook off the floor. It does have a decent usage. I think he has the, the second highest usage on the team at 26%. But with Harden's 43.7, 44%, man, you, you can't. <laughs> you can't <laughs> What's the second? That. What, yeah, what does the second highest matter at that point? When they get the yeah. second highest is like 11 shots. And <laughs> still, you just can't ignore. That's just insane usage. You can't ignore. If if you do, you're putting yourself in a bind. I know my, everybody's going to try and go for him, and rightfully so. Just like we mentioned in the Nets, but uh, you're putting yourself in a bind if you're not taking a guy with 44% usage. And when the other, the rest of the team has trouble scoring, and and their second leading scorer is not there, uh, you you definitely want him. And I think you made a great point with the Rockets and and the Bucks or specifically matching them up because the Rockets are currently the sixth seed. They're only a game and a half up against the Mavs or the seventh. You don't want to play the Clippers in round one, but the Rockets could get all the way up to even the three seed if they win, uh, win a ton of games or win out pretty much, or they can get the four seed. They're only game behind the Jazz for the four seed, which puts them in a much better position, puts them, um, I, I was going to say home court, but there is no more home court, but you want to try and avoid the Lakers Clippers at all costs in that first round. Absolutely. And uh, you know that D'Antoni's probably has that number one thing on his mind. Uh, that's kind of why he built his team in the way he did is to avoid bigs and be able to play against them in the finals and just run them down for seven games. Not going to work, but that's why he did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I think Covington's another guy that we could keep him play. He does average 1.15 uh, fantasy points per minute. So over a DK point per minute. Um should still have some fair rebounding upside. PJ Tucker is just that guy where if he fits, he fits at the end of your lineup and you have the money left, he's going to get the minutes, but the usage is never there. We talked about James Enos's usage. Well, PJ Tucker's is less than that with Westbrook off the floor. <laughs> uh, that's with Westbrook off the floor, only 0.61. So a guy that, you know, with rebounds, maybe a couple blocks and seals can get you there, but otherwise not a guy I'm generally gravitating towards. I think we'll have plenty of options, man, but uh, that's it. That's our yeah. four teams, man. We did it. We broke it down. Keep these shows between 25 minutes to half an hour, just quick hitters. We hit 37, but we had uh, pretty much, I, I would say, three or four of the most important teams to talk about. So we wanted to get those ones out as quick as possible so people could adjust. Now, we're going to put this out, and Jonathan Isaac will end up saying he's playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what? I would only enjoy that because I love to watch this game. But. Uh, before we take off, if you guys could do us a quick favor, uh, give us a thumbs up, rate, review. You can find our podcast anywhere that you can hear podcasts pretty much. So uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Uh, we are all over. Well, was that the uh, – yeah, that's, that's my alarm. My, my, uh, my puppy's got to go pee. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we got we got to turn it. We got to speed this up. We'll put it on that, one and a half times speed. The alarms because he's got to get the puppy out of here. His but. little puppy he has to go every every couple hours. I don't want him going out all over the house. So we set alarms to make sure. We'll save it for another show, and I'll, I'll we'll maybe let our listeners try to guess. So I don't know if any anybody out there listens, or, or I'm sorry, listens, but watches the MTV show, The Challenge. Uh, Santino named his dog after one of the members from The Challenge. Um, let's yep. see it. Let's see if you guys can guess who it is. I guess if anyone if anyone uh, watches the show and knows who he named his dog after, but. Uh, yeah, so please thumbs up, rate, review. Really appreciate it. If you guys throw in a comment, it just allows us to kind of get an idea of how we can adjust and, and what we can change to better suit your guys' needs, what you guys like to hear, what you guys don't like, maybe. Uh, and maybe you're just letting us know that we did a great job and we appreciate that too. So all of that means the world to us. Uh, and if you haven't already picked up your 3.0, Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped, go over there, use the promo code HoopBall20. That will get you a nice little bonus free shipping 20 percent off you will thank us later because this stuff is great and uh before you hit the checkout if maybe you're doing it on amazon go get some hawaiian alice kona coffee guys it will be fantastic so that's all we have from you we'll be back on what is it tuesday santino you'll be here with another one of our new members and uh you're gonna be on with steven so I'm really looking forward to that. Really, we got we have a, we're throwing a lot at you guys. So listen, stay tuned. We're gonna keep breaking down these teams. We're gonna be talking Kings, Blazers, Clippers, Heat on Tuesday. That's all we have from you guys. Thank you for listening. As always, have a good weekend. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.